Stand to our feet and uh, turn to, I'm sorry, turn to Acts chapter 13 in your Bibles. <clears throat> Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, and we'll begin reading in verses 1 through 4. The book of Acts chapter 13. 1 through 4. You get there, you can say amen. amen. <clears throat> now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod, the patriarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas, Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyrus. Join me in prayer. Most Holy Father, we do bless your name this morning. We do thank you, Lord, for this awesome time that we have to feast upon your holy word. Your word is powerful. It is living. It is life-changing, life-giving. And Father, I'm reminded, Father, of the sacredness of the moment. I pray, God, that you would take this broken vessel. Father, I want you to speak to your people. Holy Spirit, I need your fresh anointing right now. I need you to break the fallow ground. I need you, Holy Spirit, to move, to speak to all of us so that we can be the people that you want us to be. We welcome you in this place. We thank you in advance for the transforming message that will come forth today, not because of me, but because you have ordained this moment. You have set apart this moment. You have sanctified this moment. And I humble myself before you, realizing it. And so, Holy Spirit, as we talk about this issue of fasting, God, I pray, God, I pray, that you would stare a passion in us. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. One of the things that is or should be a spiritual discipline in the life of God's people is fasting. Generally, we don't get too excited about fasting because it speaks to denying something that is an essential for us to live. And we're so accustomed to feeding our flesh daily, which is not a bad thing, it's a needed thing, that God has decided in his divine power 
in his divine wisdom to institute the discipline of fasting. How many of you, by show of hands, have fasted for any length of time and prayed? Well, today, hopefully, for those who haven't, we will set a course for you that will be life-changing. And for those who have, this will be an affirmation for you, and perhaps it will give you some insight so that you can fast even more. When I think about fasting, at the core of fasting is a hunger and a desire for God. A hunger and a desire for God. That is the birthplace of fasting. A hunger, a passion, a desire for God. So much so, so much so that you're willing to deny your flesh so that you can be more closer to God. As I think about our appetite, we all have appetites for various things. And I believe that I wouldn't be wrong in saying that sometimes uh, our appetite is too full, with the, our appetite is governed rather with the uh, things of this world. John Piper who I happen to love a great deal. I think he is a fantastic preacher. He said this in his book, A Hunger for God. And I would recommend you get that book. It's an excellent book. He says that it is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world, our soul is stuffed with small things. And there is no room for the great we talk about the issue of fasting. Nothing displays more your, your heart's desire, where your affection lies, than fasting. It's a lost art in our society. I think most Christians know, and we say, yeah, I'm, I, I pray and I read my Bible. But I don't really believe that the church fasts like we should fast. And the reason is, I believe, as John Piper just echoed, is, is, that, is that we have allowed ourselves to be filled with so much of the world that our appetite for God is not as strong as it needs to be. Church, let me tell you something. Your appetite must be, it must be strong for the things of God. How many know that when you're not really hungry, you don't eat? When you're not really hungry, you don't eat. But when you develop a, a passion and a desire for God, you crave for him and you seek him, you will fast. You will fast because you long for him. You long for his power. You long for his glory. You long for his presence. And you long for him to come and invade your life. And change what needs to be changed and, and bring about what needs to be brought about in our lives that will make us more like him. You see, when people have a real desperate passion for a son that's not saved, a daughter, a family member, people that you love, or when people have passion for a city to see a people come to God, when you really have passion for it, you'll pray.
We live in a society today that murder is in the street around us and we become so desensitized that we see it and we don't think much about it. We have to come to a place where we hunger for God. That's what fasting really is all about. It's about coming into that place where where I'm getting my priorities straight. If you're one of those that, that say, Pastor, I don't feel God's presence like I should. Say, Pastor, you know, I feel like I'm here, but I feel like God is way up there. Let me tell you something. I want to encourage you to get in his presence and not only pray, but fast. Fast. Nothing accelerates the presence of God more than fast. Let me tell you. Nothing. Nothing. And when you make up in your mind and say, Lord, I need to hear you. God, I need you to move. God, I want to be close to you. Then let me, let me tell you something. When you deny your flesh for every hunger pain you get, for every headache you get, is what, what you're saying to God is, God, I love you this much. I love you this much, Lord. I'm willing to miss food, God. I, I'm willing, Lord, to not eat or drink anything. I miss you. And for every headache, God, let it be symbolic to you that I need you. I want you, God. I long for you. I hunger for God. David said in the book of Psalms, he, he said, my soul longs for God like, in a, like in, a, in a dry land where there is no water. He hungered for God. He's passionate about God. Where is our passion? Where is our hunger? See, when the people are hungry for God, they seek him. They seek him. When you're hungry, you eat him. Jesus, before he began his ministry, he fasted for 40 days. Jesus said that I don't do nothing unless I see my father do it. Jesus understood that he was about to to prepare to undertake the most significant event in history, and that is his death on the cross. And before he began his ministry, the reason why you're sitting here today, may I add, is because Jesus, he prayed, he fasted for you and for me. So that he could have the grace and what he needed to do to fulfill the call of God on his life. The call of God on his life was great. And let me tell you, the call of God on your life is great too. And we got to treat it with such a passion that, 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 you know, that that I need God in order for me to accomplish. And in order for me to be and to, to do the thing that God wants me to do, I need his power. I need to feel his presence. I need, I need to know that he's with me. How many of you feel like sometimes you just feel like God is not there? If you're honest, you've had those moments. And I look at those moments as God saying to me, Son, come away with me. Come away with me. Come away with me. We get caught up on this stuff. It's not about the stuff. This stuff is going to perish. Amen. This, it's all coming down. It, it's not going to last. It's not. But we need to be hungry for Jesus. And I'm not talking about just every now, just a show up on Sunday and feel good. No, 
this, no, no, this, I'm talking about that you live moment by moment, second by second, depending on him for everything. That you make no major decision unless you seek him with fasting and with prayer. Every time, I want to say this, and I say this affirm with, 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 with boldness, that every single time it has gone, let me tell you that I have sought God. Whenever I felt a distance, whenever I felt a disconnect, whenever I felt like I needed wisdom and discernment, I got on my knees and I'd only pray, but I fasted. God has always shown up. Always. Always. It's a discipline that the devil want us to sidestep because he knows he knows that this week while you're fasting and seeking the Lord and, and listen and, and I know we're saying this week and let me hasten to say this that we're saying that we're fasting from dinner uh, dinner we're asking the church it's not a demand it's a request obviously we're asking you as the spirit of God leads you to fast with us and to pray but for some of you depending on where you are God may be telling you to go more do what God tells you to do. You know where you are. You know where your struggles are. You know where you are. So take advantage of this moment and obey him. Your life will be so much better for it. I mean, you're desperate for God. I mean, desperate. Desperate. Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 6, look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. He says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Let's, let's, let's lay some ground rules this morning. Can I teach you a little bit this morning? Amen. Fasting is not about show. If, if your whole thing is, is, is to try to show and tell people, oh, man, I'm fasting and it's all about that, then that's the extent of your reward. I want more than that. See, the Pharisees, what they would do is they, they would do stuff and they would not comb their hair, not wash their teeth, not, 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 wash, their, not wash their face, not brush their teeth and all of that so that they can appear to men to have fast. It's not that God is against public fasting or praying, fasting together as a group as we'll talk about here in a moment, but God is against praying and fasting just for that reason to be seen of men. But fasting is a calling out to God. It is you and God, and you're seeking him, not for show, not to try to impress people. So I want to encourage you that this week, make sure you brush your teeth. Don't hurt nobody. <laughs> Comb your hair. Wash your face when you fast. Don't come here looking all raggedy, looking all gloomy faces. Come like you've been taking, like you've taken a shower. Come like you're coming to seek God. It's not for show. None of, how I many know God ain't into performance? See, that's why we have a worship service. You know, a lot of times people come to worship service, they stand and spectate. It ain't about performance. It's about involvement. 
It's about you and God. You getting in his presence. It ain't even about you. It ain't even about, it's about him. You see, it's about him. And so what we do, we getting his presence and we worship him and we come to fast. We're coming because we are desperate for God. We're saying, God, I got to have you to move in my life. God, I need your help. How many say, Pastor, I need his help? You're going to get help this week. You're going to get help. We are going to get help this week. But you, when you fast. Now, interesting enough, here's what Jesus said. He didn't say, you notice, he didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Jesus presupposed that his kids would be fasting. Now, there was a place in Matthew chapter number 9, I believe verse 14, where uh, the the Pharisees was questioning the disciples because they weren't fasting when Jesus was there. And they, Jesus, 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 you know, why, why is it, why is it that your, your disciples, you see, we fast all the time. But why isn't it that your disciples, why don't they fast? Jesus says, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, because I'm here. I'm here. They don't need to fast. I'm right here. How do you know when you get to heaven, there ain't going to be no fasting. You're going to feast. My old Pentecostal roots start to come back a little bit. (laughs) You're going to feast. You're going to be so full, so sad. You don't need to fast. But he says now, but when I go, he said, when I go, they're going to fast. They're going to fast then because I'm not here and they're going to long for me. They're going to hunger for me. They're going to fast then. He says, when you fast. Jesus was saying that, let me me hasten, let me go back. How many know that whatever Jesus did that was probably, and he did stuff for our example, right? He says that that greater works you're supposed to do, because I'm going to my father. He said, do as I do. He told his disciples, follow me, follow me, follow me. He got up and he fasted and he prayed a lot. And if he fasted and prayed, think about the power in his ministry. How much more are we supposed to fast? I would suggest that many of us are, listen, many of us are dull in our walk with God because we don't spend enough time in his presence. Enough time. We spend time, but the coming know that it does take time to feel close. To, let me tell you something. It takes time to get with God if you really want to get with him. Now, if you're, if you're fine, I don't know about you, but I, I, just, I, can't, I just can't live my life. You know, I, just, I, I want more. I want more. I want him so desperately. I want him, I want him so desperately that I feel him breathing on my back. I want to feel his presence and his power so much. I, I, just, I just want to feel his love. I want to wake up every morning feeling him saying, Gary, I love you. Amen. I got a plan for you. Amen. Today I'm going to bless you. You're going to go through some things, but I'm going to be with you now. I want you to know, don't worry, I got it. Amen. See, when you spend time with God, how I many you know when you're in his presence like that, God talks to you? Says when you fast, not if, when you fast, I want to encourage you. 
builds fasting into your walk with God. It promotes closeness. It would certainly change your appetite. Now, I want to go, go to Deuteronomy chapter number 8, if you will. Come on, run there real quick because I don't want to keep you too long. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. When you get there, you can say amen. Start at verse number 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Isn't that beautiful? God said, look, just, just be sure you obey me because you're going to go, you're going to be blessed. How many you know there's a possession for you? Amen. <laughs> and you shall remember that the Lord, your God, led you. Come on, church. I want you to put yourself there. I want you to think about this. I want your emotions to get involved in this. I want you to think about where you were. Can you, do you think, think, think for a moment. Everybody look up this way. Think for a moment. Where were you when God came and got you? Think about it. Where were you? I hate to even think about what I was. I can't even tell you where I was. And you shall remember that the Lord God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. Watch this. To test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Watch this. So he humbled you and he allowed you to hunger. And he fed you with manner which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see what God was doing there? Think about it. God, God gave them a built, what I call a built-in fast. <laughs> they didn't plan it. <laughs> They didn't put, because unless God would have built it in, they wouldn't have sought them like they should because they would get their stuff like people do. They get their stuff and they run and they celebrate and they got their stuff and they go and you don't see them again until trouble comes. By the way, that's what the children of Israel kept doing over and over again, right? They would ask God for something. God would show up. God would bless them. They would turn right back around and do, and do that stuff, get in trouble. And every time God was so merciful, he just always took them back. But he says, here's what I want to do. He said, I let you hunger. How many know God is a God of purpose? Yes, he is. God doesn't do anything flippantly. God has, God has mapped out your life, every aspect of it. That's why as Christians, that's why I hate to hear when Christians say good luck. Ain't no good luck for us. Good destiny. Good purpose. Because there ain't no luck here. Because somewhere I read in the Bible that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So I ain't just walking on autopilot, hallelujah. There's always a captain flying my plane, and his name is Jesus. So he said, I'm going to let you go hungry. Why? So that you can learn that, that don't get so hung up on the food that you got in your refrigerator and think that's really your source. Or don't you even think for a moment that you are your own source. Don't think, don't think the job that you got is, is all because of your great power and your great wisdom and your great mind. And I know you're great, but you ain't all of that. Don't come to a place with all your education, with all your knowledge and all your money that you forget me. Amen. Don't forget me. So here's what he said. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you go hungry so I can teach you to know that I'm your source. 
not Bank of America, not Fairfax County police, not the Marine Corps. That ain't your source. Are you kidding me? Do you really think that that's your source? Really? Do you really think that your mind is all that great? Everything that you got, God gave it to you. Everything. Everything you got, God gave it to you. Nothing that you have that you can say, I did it. You did nothing. Your salvation is a work of his grace. You didn't do anything to earn it. Don't act like you did. And so the fasting does, it helps us to remember. Wait a minute, wait a minute. See, every time you fast, it's a reminder that he's the one. That's why we call fasting. Because we can easily get into this thing whereby we just do our thing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And we, you know, and then we, we take it lightly sometimes. Oh, we'll miss church and we'll stop doing certain things. Oh, we won't pray and read our Bible. And every now and then, God will put you on your back. He will knock you on your back. And so he can teach you, wait a minute, you got to understand, you forgot me. Don't you, you got to, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he is my sword. So when I, every time I fast, I'm affirming that reality. Every time I fast, I'm saying, God, you are my sword. And I'll take a week, Lord. I'll take long if you want, because I need to get this into my spirit. I don't ever want to forget that you brought me from a mighty long ways. He brought us. He lifted us. It was him who called you and beckoned. You didn't do it. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He came seeking after you. Don't think that you, was, you didn't seek after God. He came after you. He sent people in your way. He tripped you up. He hounded you like a bloodhound. He was after you. You had nothing to do with it. He came after you. And he said before the court, before the foundation of the earth, you're mine. He, we need to remember that. And what fasting does is it brings me to that point where I understand that, no, you know, it, it's not anything else. It's not food. Uh, it's not water. It's not job. It's not people. Uh, God is the one that is the source of my life. He is the one why I'm breathing today. You read about the storm? Talk to the one who controlled the storm. Don't be like everybody else. Why are you running the store tripping over people, screaming? Why are you getting, why are you tripping? Why are you, get on your face and seek. Say, Lord God, everybody else is in the uproar, but I got peace. I ain't saying you shouldn't be prepared, but how I many know we prepare in peace? We ain't troubled about nothing. Amen. Because I know. He's with me. And, and so, so fasting, I welcome fasting in my life. I mean, this is good because I need that reminder. Amen. This is good for me. God, it is, David said, it was good for me that you afflicted me. Yes. David said, it was good, God, that you, that was the best thing you could have did for me. How many know that sometimes the best thing God can do for you is slow you up? And you, you tag that on however you want to fix that, but God got a way of putting you on your back. 
He'll, he'll get his glory. God will get us where he wants us to be. And you know what? It's a good thing. How many know it's a good thing? It is a wonderful thing. So man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, we got to speed up here. Now watch. There are three primary reasons why we fast, as best I see it in the word of God. Number one, you want to write these down for direction. How many of you need direction in your life? Amen. <laughs> I don't know about you, but, you know, life is full of decisions. Amen. Secondly, we fast in crisis situations. How many say, Pastor, I'm in a crisis right now. I need God to show up. I'm, I'm in a situation. I need help. And for personal freedom and righteousness. And let's look at a biblical example of each one of those. Let's turn back to our foundational text in Acts chapter number 13. Here the the New Testament church. How many love the book of Acts? Amen. Love the book of Acts. One of my favorite books in all the Bible. Here the apostles find themselves in a situation where the Holy Spirit is moving. This is already after Pentecost. People are just getting saved. And all of a sudden you got these great leaders that are praying. You got prophets there. You got uh, Barnabas. You got uh, Lucius. Uh, you got Saul. You got all these people, they are praying and seeking God. They're at Antioch. Everybody say Antioch. Antioch. So now, they know that they're supposed to be preaching the gospel, but they don't know where to go. So it's like, God, where do we go? I mean, God, where do we go? What's the next step? Who do we send? What do we do? I mean, where do we go? Who do we send? God, what do you want us to do right now? And so you know what they did in order to get at? Because, I mean, let me, let me say this to you. There's nothing in this Bible. You can search it high and low. But I bet you, you can't find nowhere in this Bible where your address, where you live right now, is in here. I bet you can't find it. I'm, I mean, I'm willing. I'm, I'm not a bet. If I was a betting man, because I think good Christians don't bet. That's just me. But if I was a betting man, I will bet you there's nothing in here that told you to marry Sister Regina. Nothing in there that tells you to marry Walter. Nothing in here that tells you, oh, this is the church that you're supposed to be a part of. There are some general guidelines I'm going to write about. We know what you, but you don't really know specifically what you're supposed to do. Nothing in here that tells you what college. If you're a young person trying to figure out your career, nothing in here tells you exactly for you what school you're supposed to go to. What college. What person you're supposed to get into? Boy, how I many know we wish there was something here to tell us that and make it like you? But please! Yeah. But you know what? He's giving you something, though. Somebody say, Ooh. He's giving you something, though. Watch this. See, the, see, the apostles, they're all sitting here and, and they're praying because they, 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 they know God is moving. But so what's the next step? What do we do next? So here's what they did they got together and they did three things. Three things. I want you to hear this. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. They ministered, which is another word for serve. They worshiped. Everybody say worship. That's number one. Number two, they fasted. And number three, they prayed. They worshiped. They fasted. 
and they prayed. So here's what they did. Those brothers, those brothers got together and they had church. Because they need direction. And so they're just worshiping God, ministering, and they fast and they're denying themselves because they don't want anything to get in the way. And they're, and they're saying to God, God, I need to hear. I'm going to fast, God, until you speak. And when that happened, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit said, yes. set me apart, Barnabas and Saul, who was later named, translated, Paul. Now, understand something. They did not get that revelation until they fasted and prayed. Now, I'm going to mess some of you up. Have you made some major decisions and you ain't really fasting? Jesus, before he picked the 12, I believe, I believe it's in Luke chapter 12, before Jesus picked his, his, his 12 disciples, he fasted all night before he picked them. I know you're going to make a major decision, any, any kind of decision that, that resembles <laughs> serious decision, you need to not just pray, but you need to also accompany that with some fasting. They fasted and prayed, and the Holy Spirit spoke, and all of a sudden, they went. Now, now here's the amazing thing about it. If you read that, that, that verse in Acts, Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, what you find out is that that was Paul's first missionary journey, if you study. That was his first missionary journey. It set the tone for how Paul was going to go and plant churches. How did he get that direction? He prayed. Young people, if you're going to get in a relationship with anybody, you better fast and pray. And just because they say they go to church, <laughs> mosquitoes go to church. Bugs go to church. I mean, honestly, right? Because we, we take that to mean, oh, do they believe God? Okay, good. That's, really? No, baby, show me fruit. Amen. You know what people's priority is real quick. We have a little conversation with them. It don't take, but you love God, it don't take long. And, and ladies, y'all who single, if you get, get involved, then you want to bring them to me. I'll, I'll, say, I'll tell you real quick. Amen. Nope. But, 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 but I love. Nope. But here's the key. Oh, in all seriousness, they fasted and God spoke. They needed direction. If you're needing direction this week, you want to come here and you need to fast and pray. You say, I'm, I'm talking to you, Christians. You say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't understand. What. They worship. See, that's why we worship. See, worship, we don't just do worship just for kicks. We do worship because that's a part of who we are, right? They worship, they fasted, and they prayed, and bam, God spoke. And because of that, today, you Gentile, you're sitting in this chair. Paul went and spread. It set the course for how the gospel was going to be spread. Fasting and prayer. Number two, what do you say the second reason was? A crisis situation. Crisis. Oh, God, how many of you have some crisis in your life? Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, I, I, I don't have time to talk to you this morning. Second Chronicles chapter number 20. Look at verse number, I'm going to read soon as I get there, so. If you can't get there fast enough, you can just write it down. I think she has it on the screen for you. Second Chronicles chapter number 20, verse number 1. And it happened after this that the people of Moab, those sound like some bad dudes, Moab, with the people of Amnon and others. So I want you to hear that. So you had the people, which is the nation, Moab, the Ammonites, 
and others besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah right now. He's the king. All right. And watch this. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat. They came to him, said, look, Jehoshaphat, saying, here's what they said. A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hezizan, Tamar, which is in Gedi. All right? So get the picture. So Jehoshaphat is being surrounded by every one of those nations represent problems. <laughs> Every one of them, see, he's surrounded by problems. He, he get the word that, that, that Jehoshaphat, there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of people coming up against you. Now, he don't know what to do because his nation at this point is facing distinction. They're about to be wiped off the planet because Judah was a small nation. There are multiple nations coming against Jehoshaphat. So what is he going to do? How many know he's scared? You probably fear too. If somebody came and gave you some news and say, how many of you have ever experienced when it felt like your whole world was coming around you? Has anybody else ever had that? I mean, I'm not the only one ever. You felt like everywhere you look, problems. It's like, man, you're, every time you turn around, something happened. Isn't that amazing? And, 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 and so Jehoshaphat finds himself boxed in, and he's like, I don't know what to do. But, but he did know what to do. Here's what he did. Are you, are you still in it with him? Still with me? Look at verse number three. He feared and he set himself. Look at the neighbor and say, set yourself to seek the Lord. Let me tell you something. When you find yourself in trouble, when you really got trouble, I appreciate the fact that you pray for me. Thank you so much. And I might even ask you to pray for me. That's a good thing. I appreciate that. But let me say this. But when you really find yourself in trouble, you need to get into a habit setting yourself to seek the Lord first. Not second or third after you talk to everybody else. I'm going to talk to God first. Hear that. So he says, he set himself in verse 3 to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. Now, you think some of the people might have been a little troubled by that. He became a fast. Everybody fast. Everybody. We tell our kids, it's, it's fasting time. Everybody fast. And we fast. It ain't, no, ain't no one of mom and dad. No, 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 no. Unless you're a baby needing milk, you fast. You're going to fast. You're going to give up something. Fast. Everybody fast. How many know parents, the best thing you can do is teach our kids how to seek the Lord? Amen. I don't understand parents do that. They, they fast and then they tell the kids eat. I'm like, no, we ain't going through all that. And now, if you got an illness, there's one thing. There's something totally different. We're not talking about that, okay? Let's be clear on that. We're not talking about those who are sick. But, you know, hey, kids can miss a meal too. It ain't going to hurt them. And judging by today's standard, they, you know, from what, they all, what the people say, we, they need to miss some meals. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> we're an overweight generation. Amen. Christians are overweight because they don't fast enough. All, all of them, we don't fast enough. I'm talking about me too. Don't fast enough. I'm overweight. Every time I go, the doctor tells me, you're overweight. You need to lose about 10, 15 pounds. I know that. But what better way to do it than to fast? And for, look, and for a good purpose. So Jehoshaphat got everybody together 
And everybody came from all the cities around. Watch this. And they all came to pray and fast. And then look at verse number 12 of that same chapter. He says now, I want you to listen to these. These are precious words. Let me tell you something. These are words to God. You want to know how to pray to God? Here's, here's, here's what God loves to hear this. Listen. He says, Jehoshaphat says in verse 12, O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. How many say you got some things in your life you got no power of? <laughs> you know, you got people you love, you wish you could let's split their head up. You got no power over them. I mean, you got people you want, you've been trying to preach to, they ain't listening. Amen. If you could, you would just take an axe, split their head up, and drop it in there, and then stitch them back up. Because, <laughs> you know, Jesus come to tear up. And you know what I'm saying? But, the, I mean, we got no power over me. You can't control people. Learn that. That'll be a good lesson for you. I had to learn that the hard way. You can't control people. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. So he said, look, all these problems coming against me, I got no power, nor do I know what to do. He said, I don't know what to do. Everybody coming to the leader. Josh, what do we do? He said, I don't know. See, we're in a crisis situation. As a church, you come, I don't know. We'll figure something out. I don't know. Let's go pray and see what God says. Some of you be like, I ain't going mm, mm. He ain't a good leader. He don't know what he's doing. Sometimes it's good not to know what you're doing. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes it's good that you don't have a clue. Because then you leave room for God. <laughs> Boy, I'm preaching better than you let know. You listen. <laughs> then you make room for God. That's right. So it's okay now and then say, I don't know what to do. Pastor, what are we gonna do? I don't know. What you gonna do? I'm gonna tell you what some of y'all say. Some of y'all have said, some of your brothers and sisters. But sometimes it's good. Like, like you remember Solomon, the wisest man ever? What did he say? He said, Lord, he says, he said, I just need wisdom. I don't know how to, I don't know how to take, I don't know how to deal with these people. I just give me wisdom. God said, boy, I'm going to make you rich just because you just asked for wisdom for me to govern my people. See, it's a good thing. God loves it when you don't have a clue because then it forces you on your knees. Yes. See, when you can't figure the problem out, you, what makes you pray more than anything else? Let me tell you something. When, you, when you're really struggling, if the doctors tell you you got six months to live, you come running up in here. You be, Pastor Ray, when's the next time we fasting? You come running up in here, you boy, and nobody got to tell you nothing because you're desperate. Amen. And sometimes God had to allow us to get in desperate situations so he can get our attention. Don't let God have to get you there. Don't get so high and mighty because he know how to clip you. And he knows how to remind you, wait a minute, you forgot. Hold up, wait a minute, pull back. See, don't let it come to that point. So Jehoshaphat, look, watch this. I, I, I can't read this, but Jehoshaphat. So all of a sudden, they, they prayed, fasting. Everybody say fasting. fasting. They're in crisis. Say fast. fast. And then here's what happened. A man of God gave a prophetic word. His name was Jehaziel. Maybe one name the kid that. Jehaziel. It's a man. Jehaziel. Prophet. I'm just saying. Don't take that. That's not, that ain't me from God. That's just me talking. No. No, I got to be careful what I say. I'm just saying that. God didn't give me that. Okay. But Jehaziel the prophet said this. He says the word came that you don't need to fight this battle. Don't, don't do nothing. So the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Amen. And he said now go and position yourself. Go act like you're going to fight. But Jehaziel had to throw one punch. 
because God got it. And the next day, now I want you to hear this. The next day, they get up all those nations that were coming up against them. They ended up, read the account, killing themselves. Amen. Now, how did that happen? They come in and fight Judah, and somehow they got confused and killed themselves. And the Bible says that, that, that it was so much spoil that it took them three days to get it all. Yes, right, they went from a point of almost having nothing to having overflow. That to the point that they were three days trying to get up all this stuff. I mean, just a few weeks, just a couple days ago, you know, they were talking about, Lord, we ain't going to make it. And all of a sudden, God flipped it. God flipped it. Boom. Flipped it. I mean, God can flip your situation. You better believe. God can flip it. You might be in a situation right now, and you're in a crisis, and you're thinking, to yourself, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let me tell you something. Don't worry, because God can flip it. You just be ready to be flipping now. Because when you and God flip, he flips kind of quick. And you know how you're going to try to act all sanctified like you were in faith all along. Look, you need to really be in faith all along. So you won't have to act like, oh, I knew God had this all along. No, you won't. You were all depressed, crying, and Struggling to come to church. You want to be in faith now. See? God flipped that thing. Flipped it. I believe God can do some flipping this week. How about you? Yes, sir. I see you, if you don't believe, listen, you don't believe that for yourself, I can't help you. I believe God can do some flipping. Amen. How many know he's a flipper? Amen. I should have entitled this sermon Flipper. He's a flipper. Lastly, we fast. For holiness. How many of you want to live right? Amen. How many know sometimes we get upset? I, I don't know about you, but every time I sin against God, it bothers me. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I get an ugly thought in my head, I get messed up. And I, sometimes I hit myself. I'm driving around, I hit myself on the head. Mm. Smack myself on it. Like, where does that come from? I'm not crazy. I just got a zeal for righteousness. And see, when you got character problems, you got addictions and things that you're dealing with, one of the best ways to break it is fast. Amen. You say, I've been praying to God, I've been praying, but I still got this problem. Have you fast? And look, not just one or two meals, I'm talking some, depending on your issue, you might have to fast for a good while. Yes. Depending on what you got to deal with. Look at Isaiah chapter 58. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Amen. I hope so. Isaiah chapter 58. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love his word. Look what it says here in Isaiah chapter 58. The, the people of God, watch this. They, they went through the motions. Now here, here's, here's, what, here's what we're trying to say. And this is the last verse we're going to read. It is the last verse we're going to read. But here's the deal. Um, fasting, remember, keep this in your heart. It's not about just going through the motions and posturing yourself. Right? Because here in Isaiah, the people of God, they were fasting. They said, God, we fasting. How come you ain't showed up? God, we've been fasting. I mean, you said you want, God, we missed some meals, so what's up? How come God, you can tell about the fact they're asking that question, they ain't even right. God, God, we've been fasting, you asked us to fast, we fast, you, you still ain't showed up. And God had to correct them, say, whoa, 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 you think a fast is just about missing meals? 
and going through the motions? You think church is just about coming to church and going through the motions? How many know you come to church and worship? And get a whole lot of amens right there, but you know you come to church to worship. You come to fast to seek God. Fast to seek. See, if you just fast this week and you don't accompany that with seeking God, then all you did was miss the meal. You can just you go get Jenny Craig, go to the gym and get that. I'm just saying, if, you, if it's all about just fasting, just missing meals, no, 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 no. You want to fast and pray. That's why usually I take a lot of time off this week. I plan it every year. I plan it because I'm going to take most of this week off and I'm going to be fasting and praying. Why? Because I'm seeking him. Because I know if I fast at work, you know how you get at work. You get occupied, you work and stuff, and you ain't going to be thinking about no fast. You might miss your meal, but you ain't. I don't want my fast to count. Amen. Amen. But look what he says here because I can see some of you getting tired. I'm thinking I'm losing some of you. He says, is it not, look at verse number five. Is it not, is it the fast that I've chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? If that's what you call a fast, would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is that a fast? Watch this. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? How many you know, how many you want the fast God chosen? Amen. God said, okay, here's my fast. Here's, I know if you're right. It's going to start with your lifestyle. Come on. You're going to fast. It's going to start with you dealing with that attitude. Come on, stop cheating. Stop stealing. Stop yelling at people. Stop mistreating people. Hallelujah. So you, because you just talk, listen, you say, I just got in the presence of the Lord. But if you got in the presence of the Lord, that's something about change. If you, how many of you really got in the presence of the Lord, you come about it at? Then there's supposed to be something of God all over you. And it's going to start with your lifestyle. Watch. He says, is this not the fast I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness. Come on, somebody. Say amen. amen. To undo the heavy burdens and that you break every yoke. <laughs> is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Here's how you know somebody who's really been in the presence of God. We share. Come on, somebody. And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Somebody say change. change. And you see the naked that you cover him and, and, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then, everybody say then, Amen. your light shall break forth like the morning. Hallelujah. Your healing will spring forth speedily. Ain't that beautiful? And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you are, shall call and the Lord will answer. Hallelujah. You will call me before you even get it out of your mouth. I'm already answering. How many of you want that kind of blessing? You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. <laughs> oh, God. Woo, Jesus. Cry to the Lord, and God said, here I am. What do you need? What you need? What you need? What you need? What you need? Oh. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness. How I many you know you got to watch your mouth? That's right. God, listen to what you say out of your mouth. Yeah. And not, you know, God... You know, that doesn't just stop itself here. It's, it, God, listen to every word. You know, the Bible says every idle word comes out of your mouth, God's going to judge it. That's why you need to talk less. Amen. I ain't get a lot of amens, but that's the truth. Amen. The, <laughs> the Lord will guide you continually. This is what we're expecting this week. And satisfy your soul in drought. Hallelujah. And what? Strengthen your bones and you shall be like a watered garden. Hallelujah. 
and like the spring of water whose waters do not fail, those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many. Come on, somebody. Y'all hearing this? Amen. See, this is why we do what we do. We want to change a generation, people. But here's God's, we got to fast and pray. We got to seek him. If our church is going to change a generation, we got to first change. Amen. God got to shift our priorities. So that's all that, listen, that there's nothing more important to God than winning souls. The Bible says for every person to give their life to Christ, the Bible says the angels, the angels are rejoicing in heaven. There's a party in heaven. People like, I mean, they're like, I don't know how angels party. I mean, you know, I don't know how they party, you know, but the Bible says they, they get excited. He says, those from among you shall build the old places. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. Watch this. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I, I, I don't know about you, but that is absolutely gorgeous. Amen. So we're going to fast. We want to fast right. We want to fast to seek the Lord. Amen. And ask the Lord help. Our church is not as fruitful as, as we need it to be, as it should be. You know, so we need to fast. And say, God, God, what else, what do we need to do? God, what are, what are, what are we not doing? How many know God to answer? If you got some issues at home, problems, whatever you do, how many know God got an answer for that? God don't want you, it's not his desire for you to sit back and not figure these things out. God got an answer for you. This is what this week is all about. And so here's, here's our plan. So here's what we do. From Monday through Friday, we'll be here from 7 to 8.30. And we're going to pray. We'll have a little worship uh, right here. And then we're going to go in prayer. We'll have somebody give us a little word, a little devotion to set today. And then we'll go into um, uh, some prayer. And we're going to be praying for people's needs. We're going to be praying for one another. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. And listen, if you've been in the spirit all day, don't come in here all jacked up. You, you, listen, be ready when you come. Amen. I mean, I mean, God don't like no guy ain't into no dullness. We don't. God is the atmosphere and, and who we are is important to God. We, we 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 send something to God when we're excited. It says something to God when we're fasting. It says something to God when we get excited about it. Yeah. It, 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 God sees that. He says, wow, they're coming expecting. They're not coming. They're coming believing me. Come believe in God. Amen. Amen. And then we have some suggestions there for you for those of you who have never fasted. Amen. So how many of you ready to fast this week? Amen. Come and give God a praise Amen. if you're ready to do it. Amen. Now, for those of you who might be sick or you have some other issue, then you know what? Find something that is really precious to you. Amen. And get rid of it. Amen. Something that you know that you hardly can do without. And put it on the back burner for God. For a week. Now, the way we'll do it is come Friday, is we'll close it. We'll break the fast with some food and some refreshments. And uh, usually Friday is a time of testimony. Because we believe that God would have spoken. And that there are some things God would have done. So then we're going to share what God did and what God said. Last year we did that. It was absolutely amazing what God had done. And so I'm excited, and so let's get prepared to seek the Lord, and, uh, and let's just believe God for some more incredible things. Now, if for some reason the weather situation is out of whack, you know, then don't let that stop you from that time. 
You, you, you're consecrating yourself. Now, that's if you did it. Now, some of you say, but I ain't did Some of you probably said, might be on the fence. I don't know yet. Then, then that's you, being you and God. But those who have made a commitment to God that you're going to consecrate and fast this week, then it's not, a com- it's not a commitment to me. It's a commitment to God. You keep it. You make a vow to God, you keep it. And, and make sure we keep it and, and that we're faithful. And I believe God's going to do some amazing things. Amen. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Lord, we do thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. God, we're excited. We're really excited about what you're going to do this week. And God, we are praying, God, that you would give us the grace. Give us the grace, Father, to, um, to, to Lord, to fast and to lay aside uh, food and those things, Lord, that, uh, uh, that we do on a regular basis, that sometimes even getting our way, uh, Lord, of us really getting close to you the way that we should. Father, I'm asking for every person here tonight or today, this morning, this afternoon, Lord, that every person who's here that set their hearts to seek you, I pray, God, that you would meet them. I'm praying, Lord God, as the under-shepherd of this house, God, that everybody that really seeks you with fasting and prayer this week, that really seeks you, that God, that you will show up. You will show up big time, God. Big time. Big time, Lord. And let us know that you are with us. And Lord, come Friday. Lord, we believe that by faith, that there's going to be a testimony to your amazing grace. To your amazing grace. So Lord, we love you for that. We praise you. We thank you. And all God's people said amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Give God praise while you're standing. Give him praise as you're anticipating. Stretch our hands to the Lord. I like that song. Grateful. That's what we believe in God for. Eh? Come on, turn it up a little bit. Let's just worship with that. Hallelujah. Manifest his glory. Your promises, God.